Welcome to episode 95 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Rick and Harriet. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Rick and Harriet, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Do you switch the TV channel when the commercial kicks in? Are you tired of being reminded of something which you know would be good for you, but you just don't want to, and now giving in would just feel odd? Do you wonder why some annoying people always have to emphasize where and how they got their stuff? But are you curious why that person, despite all the obvious problems in their life, has a smile on their face? And how do we practice anonymity in our podcast? As you might guess from those questions, today we're going to talk about Tradition 11, which says our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and TV. We need guard with special care the anonymity of all AA members. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of Tradition 11. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Ruth. How are you today, Ruth? I'm fine, thank you. How are you, Spencer? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a good day so far. The first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic, Tradition 11. Following a short break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend and in our lives. We will follow that with your email or voice contributions and some brief news before closing. We have a reading, and uh, this comes from the Al-Anon book, Many Voices, One Journey, which is sort of a history of the Al-Anon program uh, as told by many voices, as you, as you might gather from the title. And uh, there's a section here that talks about uh, how Al-Anon developed some sort of public service announcements to make people aware that Al-Anon was there and, and why they might want to come and, and maybe how they might benefit. I like this reading because uh, it talks uh, about how they address this balance between attraction and promotion. Because you might think like a radio advertisement or a TV advertisement is advertising, right? And therefore it's promotion. But uh, anyway, let's, let's, let's look at the reading here. In 1972... The Public Relations Committee changed its name to Public Information because, quote, it does not promote but simply attracts, according to the newly appointed committee chairman. The committee identified six priorities, including public service announcements for television, radio, and print media. Production of a package of eight TV spots began early in 1973 and was completed in time for the 1973 World Service Conference. The conference summary stated, Non-alcoholics told their story in pictures, in full color, with the same brief phrase applied to each situation to wives, husbands, sons, daughters, parents. Each took only a few seconds, but the impact was unforgettable. Each ended with the line, You can see what it's doing to him or her, but can you see what it's doing to you? 
That tagline was used in Al-Anon's public outreach materials for many years. So um, let's let's talk about this. And and Ruth, I think uh, we usually uh, ask you to read the uh, tradition in German. Yeah, okay, I will do that. Die elfte Tradition. Gegenüber der Öffentlichkeit setzen wir mehr auf Anziehung als auf Anpreisung. Wir haben stets persönliche Anonymität gegenüber Presse, Rundfunk, Film und Fernsehen zu wahren. Wir müssen mit besonderer Sorgfalt die Anonymität aller anonymen Alkoholiker schützen. That was the tradition in German. Yeah. And I think you, you had some thoughts about the second part of the tradition, about preserving um, the anonymity of AA-Members. We'll yes. start there. Um, yeah, it uh, reminds me on, on my very first time when I came to Al-Anon and it was uh, very fresh. And that, you know, learning about alcoholism And what it does to me totally changed my life. And now I I was seeing my life in a, in a different view. I could see what happened to me in the past, what impact the relation to, to other people. And then I want to run off and uh, talk to all the people and say, You know, I was crazy and uh, I I was, you know, putting a ban to speak about some things. And now I know why, because uh, I was in a relation or I am in a relation with an alcoholic. And this drives me crazy. And that is the reason. And that's the reason why we never uh, visit you on your birthday or why I didn't, uh, we didn't lead a normal life as going to holidays and whatever. That's the reason why he did this and that, but I couldn't. And because there was this reminder, and um, yeah, and and I understand, you know, because these days I'm very used to know about the disease. I understand it, but there's still in the society as uh, a stigma. And you seldom have the time to really talk in depth with people, explain them the whole situation and make them understand. Even so, if, if you, have, um, you are impacted yourself, other people may not be so interested to learn as much as possible about the disease and just put the stigma on the person and mm -hmm. you could do a lot of harm. And also, not only the alcoholic, But it is only also falling on you, you know, somebody who is living with an alcoholic, when they have this um, bad point of view and uh, this all prejudice. And so the only place, and I was very happy and grateful still to have this place where I could talk about me, which I also had to learn, uh, was Alanon. There I had a safe place where I learned to have to look at myself, like it said in, in, in the first reading, you know, what it does to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I could um, keep uh, the anonymity of my loved one uh, because everything you're talking about stays in the room. Yeah. And that is... Uh, The, the second part where we'd say we have to take care for the anonymity of the alcoholic too. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I I know when I came, particularly when I came into the program, um, it was that was difficult for me because I didn't feel I could tell my story fully without saying something about the relationship that I have with the the alcoholic whose behavior brought me to Al-Anon. And I also felt, well, there there definitely were parts of the story, parts of my story that, that don't, maybe they make sense, but they don't resonate as strongly. Um, If I just say, uh, my loved one, my family member, whatever, um, instead of saying my wife. Um, you know, the whole the whole question that I had that I talked about um, in the Stay or Go episode uh, a couple of months ago, you know, do I stay in this relationship? Do I stay in this marriage? I mean, um, that's a much more powerful question if I can say, do I stay in my marriage? Than if I say, uh do I stay in relationship with my loved one? Um, well, who is that? You know, <laughs> um, and and so I, I still, to some extent, struggle with that question as to how much of the relationship to reveal. And what I try to do is, is I try to think about: is that relationship relevant to the experience that I'm sharing? Um, does it? in some fundamental way, change the message that I'm giving in this share. If I, if I say my wife rather than my loved one. Mm. Um, but it also is definitely uh, that that's a question for me inside the rooms, um, you know, yes. outside the rooms, I will not say, Oh, my wife's an AA, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the things that this tradition is, is asking us predict the anonymity of AA members. There's a, there's a reading, in um, the new uh, the new workbook, Reaching for Personal Freedom, that um, unfortunately I, I gather you don't have that book um, in Germany yet. Um, but the reading, <laughs> just a uh, sentence here. The sentence says, because of my son's public behavior in our small town, trying to pretend that the problem didn't exist was like trying to hide a bulldozer in my front yard. Um, and, you know, it's, when, when the uh, when our alcoholic or addict is is in the in their disease and is acting out of their disease, uh, sometimes it's very obvious to people around that there's a problem. Sometimes it's not. You know, I think in in my case, it it really was not that a lot of people were surprised when when they learned about it. But I remember going to a family wedding. Um, cousin of mine was getting married and and he and both he and his father are are alcoholic and my uncle uh came to my mother and said said something about um, my wife's behavior you know he saw that and he saw alcoholic behavior very clearly because he kn- he knew it um <laughs> and, but i think up until that point i think my parents had never you know, thought that would have thought that that was what was going on. Um, they, I remember going on vacation with them once, and and we had bought, you know, some some wine and some liquor, and and like a couple of days later, or maybe the next day, we had to go buy some more. And I remember my father saying, "You drank it all up already." <laughs> uh, you know, this is not something that happened in our family, right? 
Um, mm. and, and I just said, yeah, and went on with it. Right. So even sometimes when it's obvious, people don't see it. And, and, uh, and, you know, it wasn't my job to point it out. Of course, I didn't really recognize what was going on. I just knew she drank too much. Right. But so, yeah, so I struggle with that, that anonymity. It's, it, and for me, it's the same as, um, you know, anonymity of people in the Al-Anon program. I think it's just, it's harder. And, and and there was a reading I found somewhere, and I, I'm not finding it right now, where it talks about those words, with special care. Mm. We must guard with special care the anonymity of all AA members. I think it might be in past recovery in the discussion of traditional 11 in there, where, you know, why do we need, why are those words in there? And the answer is because it is so easy for us, for me, I will say for me, it's so easy for me to, inadvertently reveal who is the, who, who is alcoholic in my life when I'm talking about my experience. Um, and so the tradition asks me to take special care when I'm talking about the alcoholic and, and uh, to be really careful about what I reveal. Um, I will say that when I started doing the podcast, I did talk to my wife and said, look, I want to talk about, in particular, I think it was the episode where I was talking about becoming willing to make some amends to her. And I said, look, I want to talk about this thing. Um, And I could talk about it in these different ways. Um, I could talk about it with you as as an anonymous loved one. I could talk about it with you as my wife. Um, And she said, I'm fine. She said, I... I I'm very open about who I am, about what I am, um, and it's fine. So, you know, in that case, I I, I have permission from her um, to say that. Now, I'm still not saying her name because that I don't need to say that. See, that's not relevant to the story, right? It doesn't change what I'm saying. It doesn't change the impact or the importance or, or whatever of what I'm saying to say her name. Um, and so I don't say that. Wow, I talked a lot. Um, let's <laughs> Maybe we'll move on here. <laughs> But I think uh, what what just came to my mind there, uh, I would say different levels and of anonymity. Yeah. It is not all uh, only that you are mentioning a name, but sometimes also if we are giving ourselves kind of status. Yep. You know. Yep. And uh, so that we are trying to, uh, yeah, give us power because we have something, we know something. Because we have experience in a special field or so. But anonymity is uh, such a wide range. And yes. for me, it is also connected. But it is so important. It is, uh, I don't want to uh, push forward to next uh, tradition. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, it is so important. Because if you can't trust, you don't open up. Yeah. When you come to the rooms, you have to trust that your story belongs there and you have to have the feeling that people they are connect with you that you are equal that your voice are heard and that all connects to anonymity i think anonymity also means yeah focus on what is important and not just revealing names and uh, yeah yeah anonymity enables um trust and openness particularly mm-hmm. um in the beginning, and something something uh, just came to my mind when uh, our last time or the first time when we um, changed uh, the services or did new election for services in our group, 
I was surprised how long some of the members were there. Because then they said, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this service. And I thought, they are here so long. And uh, because they never showed how important they are, that they know everything. Or, you know, they, they were just modest persons. And uh, that is, for me, um, uh, a color of anonymity, too. You yes, know, that you, you don't have to carry a big sign in front of you how, how important and skilled and whatever you are, but that only, yeah, what, you, what you're saying uh, shall have weight or importance and not who is doing it. Yeah, and that, as you say, that does look forward a little bit to, to Tradition yeah, 12. Yeah, sorry. But it's, no, but it's really important stuff. The tradition talks about anonymity in two aspects. We've talked about uh, keeping the anonymity of the A member. We've talked a little bit about personal anonymity, but mm -hmm. the tradition uh, explicitly talks about anonymity at the level of, basically at the level of public press, whether it's uh, written or vid visual. And I think that uh, I, I would not be surprised if at some point there's a an addition about something about the internet. Um, mm. You know, it doesn't say the internet right now, but it's the, the internet's there, you know, and it doesn't it says television. Well, does that include YouTube? I think so. Um, <laughs> but what it's, and, and I think for me, my understanding of that part of the tradition has partly to do with the personal anonymity, protecting people from, um, uh, approbation from um, uh, stigma. That's the word I was looking for. Mm -hmm. uh, and But it also, ha there's another part of that, which is that if, um, if a person puts themselves forward or a small group of people put themselves forward as representing Al-Anon, or if they put themselves out in such a way that the public sees them as representing Al-Anon, um, then... There's two. Uh, there's sort of two main issues there for me. One is that uh, if somebody doesn't like the person who's saying, "Hey, I'm Elanon. Come to Elanon. Mm. We're great." Mm -hmm. um, somebody doesn't like that person, then maybe they don't come. And I remember we talked about this, uh, like in uh, tradition five, about our, our main, our spiritual purpose, and so on. But uh, and the second part is maybe a little bit more. Uh, where the AA tradition came from, which is that uh, if a person puts themselves forward as a representative of the program and then they relapse, yeah, uh, the public may see that as oh, this program doesn't work. Look, this person said they were doing this thing mm. and now they're you know back out doing their their old behavior. Um, and uh, and so to me, those are sort of the two uh, main reasons that that particular part of the tr tradition is there. What do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, but I think it is uh, nearly the same for us. You know, if somebody is uh, not liking the person who puts themselves in front and saying, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, acting totally crazy and whatever, and they, then people would say, yeah, and that shall be Alanon. Mm. No, I, I don't uh, want that. No, and um, what came to my mind, we have a, a German saying, which says, Mehr sein als schein, being more than seeming, you yeah. know, and um, ah. 
this is this more attraction than advertising. Yes, right. Okay, being more than seeming. Yeah. yeah. Because when you started saying that, I didn't, you know, I have a little bit of German, and so I kind of got the the sense yeah, of it. Yeah, German, I, it, it, I, it makes a rim, but it doesn't yeah, do, uh, yeah. didn't do in, in English, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I heard that the other way around. Mm. Um, you know, more seeming than being, which is the advertising, um, or as uh, the expression has it in Texas, all hat and no cattle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. that, that there's this outward appearance of something, but there's nothing inside. And what you're saying actually is the other th- the other way around. Yeah. Promotion is when uh, we say, hey, here's this great thing. You'll love it. It will... You know, mm. slice and dice and 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 so and 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 cure cancer and whatever, and, yeah. <laughs> and come get this great thing, uh, mm. and that is not what we do. That's what the tradition asks us not to do. The tradition mm. asks us not to say, "You will get all these wonderful benefits from Al-Anon. Uh The tradition asks us to say or to be. These are the things. This is the, these are the experiences that I've had, and here is how the program has helped me with these experiences, or to live that, um, to live that that new that new way, uh, to uh, to detach, to not pick up the rope and fights uh, when somebody tries to pick, you know, the alcoholic tries to pick a fight. Live that. Don't say don't say this is what I'm doing. Just do it, and mm-hmm. that that people will see that difference. And they'll say, "Wow, where did th- where did that come from?" Yes, um, mm-hmm. how, you used to be just had such a so- short fuse, and now you're just like calm and serene. How how did that happen? And then we can say, "Well, you know, I've been doing this Alanon thing and whatever." <laughs> mm. And you had a nice uh, phrase here. Yeah, because I I ask on Twitter uh, because I had a little bit uh, trouble normally. I I know the reason why I like the tradition so much is because they they give me a lead in my personal life how to deal with other people, and I wasn't sure how to um, uh, yeah translate tradition eleven into uh, in the personal life, and so I asked on Twitter, and the Bubble Hour um, responded and said. Attraction, not promotion, means we can stand in our integrity in all things without controlling outcomes or people. And I like that very much. Because, yeah, yeah what, what is more to say, you know, living, living the Eleanor program, being attractive uh, with, with our way of life and not controlling, you know, not trying to manipulate people or... Yeah, make them do something or whatever. And yeah, it's a really nice uh, sentence. Yeah, and and I hadn't really thought about the connection between promotion and controlling, but really, mm. uh, would it sort of promotion in its purest form that is trying to control an outcome by uh, convincing somebody to uh, do something that would they would not have otherwise done and that is mm. that is definitely a control thing um, so that's interesting to uh, for yeah, me to often, connect mm, 
And often some people, you know, like in commercials, they want your money. They are not interested yeah. in you. They want your money. And that is something which I always uh, check first. When I uh, meet a new group or come somewhere, where does the money go? Mm-hmm. And uh, if on my first alone people, you know, I get a present, I get some brochures and I get telephone numbers, nobody asks me for money. Mm-hmm. And they don't say, we have all these wonderful books and uh, you have to buy it, they are very cheap. Then I would say, mm, yeah, um, uh, they asked me here to, to buy the literature. And uh, for me, it is still, you know, as a group representative, I have to uh, get the attention of my group members also for new literature and and so on and say, let us uh, check this book and uh, it's a new one and maybe you should get one because uh, it's a big income or big income, but part of uh, important income for the organization too. But it is more important that people find their recovery, you know. And uh, it is also with um, uh, with the selling of books, you have to want them. And I know sometimes, you know, this is kind of higher power thing. I'm I'm feeling something, and then I I get to the books, and then I see a book, and I think, yeah, I have to have it because. It is like, you know, beaming. I, is there something in me which you need to know now? And, uh, yeah, and I get this book and I find what I need. And I think this opportunity would be missed if you are selling maybe 10 of the most important books to the new member and uh, say, yeah, and best you read, uh, read them all or whatever, you know. And, yeah, so for me it is also if... People are coming new to Al-Anon, that you're not trying to to sell it, that you're also having um, um, paying attention to new members, yeah. but not um, turning the whole meeting around and doing a kind of role play and for for explanation, but being you and being real, and uh, I think only then. Uh, the experience and hope you share uh, connecting with the people. Yeah. I want to actually pick up another little bit of a reading from this uh, Reaching for Personal Freedom book. I still practice the principle of attraction rather than promotion with all of my family. If I expect respect and courtesy from them, I must give it in return by not telling them how to live their lives. I think to me that reflects... um, the what you what you said about um, you know staying in our integrity and not controlling. Mm. Uh, the other thing, another thing that I've found is that if somebody is um, is not ready to sort of accept the program and and is not you know hasn't hit bottom yet to use the the program terminology, uh, that sometimes trying to sort of forcibly bring them in. Uh, can cause them to reject it. And then later on when they might have been ready, when they might have found some benefit in it, and I, I, I don't want to use the word ready, but later on when they might have found some benefit uh, from the program, uh, they have this bad taste in their mouth from from having it sort of uh, forced at them or, you know, you should do this. And I think this this goes back to one of the questions that we opened 
the the show with, the one about, well, if somebody keeps telling you about something and and you know it might be good for you, but you don't want it now, and then later on when you decide maybe you do want it, then you feel like, well, that would be giving in. Mm-hmm. That would be, you know, that person would win. Yeah. Uh, and and so I can't do it <laughs> because I said no before. I can't say yes now. Uh, yeah. And and if we give people the opportunity to say no when they're not ready and and make it a forceful no, then then it is a lot harder to change their mind. And and mm. we've actually um, accomplished the opposite of what we were trying to do. And know? it is also wasted time, you know, oh, yeah. and effort True. from our side. True. Absolutely. Um, so I think I want to talk a little bit about how I see um, Tradition 11 fitting in with this podcast, because obviously we're out there, we're on the internet, uh, we're anybody who wants to can listen. Um, and so uh, how is it that I feel that I'm not Putting myself forward as an example, uh, not putting, I'm not putting myself forward as a representative of Al-Anon. Mm. And this was something that uh, when I, when we started the podcast, uh, Kelly and Swetha and I started the podcast, and I think we had recorded a few episodes, and we said, "Okay, how does this fit with this? You know, tradition eleven about uh, attraction rather than promotion, about personal anonymity. How does this fit?" What do we do in the podcast that makes us not representing Al-Anon, makes us not promoting Al-Anon? And, and how do we make sure that we keep on doing that? One of the results of that discussion was the um, couple of sentences at the beginning in the introduction that I read every week, which says, before we begin, we would like to state that though we may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. Dot, dot, dot. We will share our own experiences. Mm. The exp- opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. And and that we put that in there and read it uh, at the beginning of every show because um, we're trying to say this is our experience. We are not representing the program. We are not promoting the program. Um, we're talking about how our lives have been um uh, improved here and about how we have used this program to deal with things in our life. And we hope that you will find, and it says you will find, we hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. Um, we're not, we're not selling anything. Um, we're not telling you, you have to come do this thing. We're just saying, this is our experience. And if this experience speaks to you, then that's wonderful. And if it doesn't speak to you, that's fine too. Um, so that was part of it. Um, sharing only our own experience, strength, and hope. Uh, not trying, not at least to um, say, yeah, and Elanon's going to, um, you know, fix all your problems. I mean, I know mm-hmm. Elanon's not going to fix all your problems, and I and I hope I never say that in this show. Okay, um, except to say I'm not saying it. Okay, um, uh, you know, anonymity. Uh, we don't use our full names, which is sort of traditional in meetings. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, maybe there aren't too many Spencers in the world, uh, but there's a bunch. Um, I get uh, I get mail for for the wrong Spencer, not infrequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, you know, so sort of traditional anonymity markers there. Some of the guests on the show uh, do not use their own name. And uh, yeah, like me. <laughs> but I think there is something um, 
which uh, once Mark said in his uh, show, we're trying to stay anonymous, but yeah. we are not a secret society. Right. Yes. And for me, I have um, uh, shared something very personal on uh, an internet page once because um, it was important for other people to, to know about it. Mm -hmm. It uh, has to do with a health issue. And uh, a lot of people wrote to me and said that my story helped them a lot. And uh, But then some somebody Googled me, mm. you know, and then he was pointing out to me and said, ah, you are such a strange person because you have this problem. Mm. And I said, ah, oh, wonderful. And for me, I don't want to happen that again. Yeah. But um, for me, what what I mean, I'm not a, a secret or a secret person. If somebody writes to you and wants to get in contact to me and wants to meet uh, me, uh, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know? So I'm anonymous, but I'm not secret. Yeah, I like that. I like that expression. And, and it, yeah, um, yeah. And and some people are just a little nervous about. Um, am I? Putting myself out there, I have one one person that I asked if um, they would be a guest on the show because uh, I thought they had some good experience to share, and uh, they thought about it and said, uh, "No, I can't do that because um, I sometimes give testimony in a courtroom, and they will mm -hmm. ask, well, what have you published? What is available about you know by you about you on the internet or mm -hmm. whatever?" And he said, "I don't." Um, I don't want to have to. I don't want to have to lie to that question, so I can't do it. And I said, "Wow, well, I perfectly understand that." <laughs> uh, you know, it's not something I would have thought of, but it it was definitely important for it, for that person. So, um, let's see. And some people maybe uh, have a more public persona. Um, I'm not a person who has any kind of public role in my job. Uh, or in my personal life, really. And so if somebody hears my voice and recognizes me, there's probably somebody I know. Uh, somebody mm -hmm. else uh, might, who who is more in the public eye, um, maybe you put together a name and a voice and say, oh, I know who that person is, uh, even though maybe you haven't ever actually met them. And so, uh, you know, everybody needs their own level of, of assurance. And I guess this is more about Tradition 12 than Tradition 11, but I'm talking about the podcast. So um, we don't try to sell al -Anon. I think we don't try to sell al here. Um, certainly, I don't feel like I'm selling it. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, but hopefully we are attractive. You yes, know, it uh, reminds exactly. me <laughs> reminds me once when I was uh, on a self-supporting group fair. And I was, uh, there weren't, it was early and there weren't a lot of people around. So I was talking to, to the neighbors and, uh, they're asking, what is Alanon? And so I started to, to, uh, talk about and, uh, uh, unfortunately I'm getting very excited because I'm so grateful. I need this program and I love this program. And so I think I, I talked a little bit too much. And so I said, yeah, uh, Alanon helped me there, and I learned that to Alanon and whatever. And then I say, and Alanon make your hair so shiny. And I said, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so so we uh, laughed, 
you know, yeah. also like like you did. And so it was very funny. But I got caught, you know, and yeah. I said, yes, uh, that was too much. You know, yeah. say uh, normally I, I won't go myself to people and say here, whatever. If I think uh, people have a problem, I, gi I give them a contact card or a flyer. Yeah. We ask uh, a number of contact telephone and, and some question. Do you think somebody drinks too much and uh, or you are, are you always angry and desperate and sad? Um, but I don't tell them so much about Alanon. But that was a very relaxed situation, and we was we were giggling the whole day, anyways. Yeah. So it wasn't too much a problem. But I, I keep this in my mind, you know. And Alanon makes your hair shiny, you know. No, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, but yeah, mm. um, so it happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to sell it, <laughs> and. Uh, I think another thing, another thing that we do in the podcast um, that I try to do, I try to model this behavior in the podcast. I guess that's the way, way of saying it. Um, that when I'm referring to um, the primary uh, alcoholic in my life, I will usually say something like "my loved one" um, rather than uh, explicitly naming the relationship. And we talked about that earlier about. Hmm. when is it important to know the relationship and when is it not important uh, is what I try to keep in mind there. Um, and as I said, I do have permission to actually name the relationship um, from the person. But if I don't need to, I try not to. Uh, and that's another way of maintaining anonymity and protecting the anonymity of um, the uh, the other person, the, the person in my life who whose behavior got me to Al-Anon. Uh, because I don't like to say qualifier, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and not mentioning uh, whether she's in AA or not. I mean, that's another part of that protecting the anonymity of AA members. I mean, I'm not supposed to say that, and so I uh, I don't think I've ever said that. I'm not sure. I might have I might have alluded to some things that would lead somebody to conclude that, but I try not to because it's not my story. It's not part of my story whether whether um, she's working a program or not. Mm. But it isn't always uh, easy no, know, it's not. to totally separate, and it is uh, not uh, black and and white. And it is uh, when when you are talking about your own process, and I think it is, um, yeah. Somehow you wouldn't understand the story, and yeah, I think one one have to think of it and not being too spontaneous about those things, but. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's always mm -hmm. a balancing. Um, and uh, again, one of the readings I was looking at as I was preparing uh, talked about the expression, take what you like and leave the rest. Mm -hmm. uh, and to me, that is that is like a really brief capture of a lot of what's in Tradition 11. That, um, here are these things that I have learned. Here are these things that have happened in my life. Here are these ways in which my life is, has improved. Here are these ways in which Al-Anon has helped me deal with um, the behavior of alcoholics and addicts around me uh, and with a lot of other things. And this is my experience, and you can take whatever of this that you want. Uh, if it attracts you, take it. If you feel, if it, if you feel like I'm preaching to you, leave it alone. Uh, that's fine. Um, and, but take what you like and leave the rest. But keep coming back. <laughs> 
Yeah, there may be other, uh, other, other non-members which you like more. It is also a recommendation we give uh, to newcomers. You know, we say, uh, we recommend that you try uh, six meetings. And uh, this one, six times or six different meetings. Maybe you don't like this one, but maybe you find another. Yeah, yeah. I always, when I'm talking to, to newcomers, um, almost, well, in one of my meetings, we have um, a newcomer meeting uh, for people who are new to the program that meets after the regular meeting mm. uh, that people can come to if they want to. We obviously don't make anybody do anything. Uh, and if I'm one of the people who's leading that meeting, uh, we will say, do try do try different meetings because they're all different uh, and you will find some that you like better than others. And, and it would be a shame, you know, for you to decide you don't like the program because you don't like a particular meeting. Mm. And, and I've definitely have friends who uh, their first meeting was not one that, that worked for them, whatever the reason was. Uh, and that they, Maybe they went to this meeting and they didn't like it, and so they stopped. They they didn't come to any more for a while, or maybe they, uh, you know, tried another meeting later that week and and liked it better. Whatever their experience was, obviously they came back or they wouldn't be in the program. But uh, you know that don't let that don't let that first meeting or that meeting that you don't like turn you off of the program because they are different. Um, and that's you know that's another expression of take what you like and leave the rest. But please keep coming back. So we have talked to some about um, practicing the tradition in our life. Um, do you have... Uh, oh, yeah, here's... I guess this was the reading that I... I, I wrote this down from the reading that, that, that I pulled out that, uh, about um, giving respect if I want respect and uh, sort of the, the, the golden rule, you know, do unto mm -hmm. others uh, as you would have them do unto you in the, uh, the old uh, middle... Uh, King James Bible version of the English language, or um, act as we expect to be treated. Uh, and uh, if if I expect you to um, treat me in a particular way, and I'm not treating you in that way, um, then you know, there's it, how can I expect you to to, to 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 treat me the way that I'm not willing to treat you? I guess is sort of the way to look at that, and and that is so much about. Um, that that comes out of out of uh, this tradition about attraction and not controlling integrity in all things without controlling outcomes as you as you get from Twitter. Um, so that was the one thing I wanted to add. Uh, do you have anything else? No, I think not so far. If you don't like this podcast, maybe you will find a meeting, <laughs> something. Absolutely. <laughs> Give us a chance. Try at least six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I you know I don't have a closing reading, but I did throw a couple more in the middle, so I guess that will do us. After a short break, okay. we will continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about the meetings we attend and what's happening in our lives. I had some uh, trouble finding, figuring out music for this show. Um, I finally ended up going with songs about advertising, and then kind of sometimes that would inspire me with another one that, uh, and that that was the case for this this first song that I want to talk about. Um, this is the song Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. And the, the suggestion that sparked this in my, in my mind was 
a song named Suzanne by Randy Newman, which is a very different song. Um, it's about a Suzanne who's sort of a self-promoter, as I understand the song from listening to it once. But uh, Leonard Cohen's song, uh, Suzanne, has been, as many of his songs, has been covered by a lot of different people. Uh, you may have heard a version of it by somebody else. Uh, I think it, he wrote it in the, in the 60s or maybe the early 70s, so it's been around for a while. And what I like about this song in relationship to this topic is that the song tells us the experience of being with this woman, Suzanne. It tells us the things that she do does that make us want to be with her or makes the songwriter want to be with her. But he expresses it in, in you language. He says, um, Suzanne takes you down to her place by the river. You can hear the boats go by. You can spend the night beside her, and you know that she's half crazy, but that's why you want to be there. And she feeds you tea and oranges that come all the way from China. And it just builds this picture in my mind of this person who is very warm and welcoming and a wonderful person to be with. Um, and to me, that really captures this notion of attraction versus promotion, and so that's why I picked it. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in our meetings and our lives, and how we practice our these principles in all our affairs. Ruth, would you like to uh, talk about your week? Yeah, I can, Spencer. Um... It's not only uh, the last week, but uh, my my job is um, somehow stressful, and um, I get again. I would call it uh, this anxiety trap, mm. where you know, wake up in the middle of the night and thinking of work, and uh, the feelings that I'm not good enough, that they find out, and that they fire me, and. Um, and I thought that I have uh, that I was able to uh, to work around that fear or to handle it because I had it before. Mm -hmm. The good thing is that I know that there's a way out. That it is not a situation or a special situation, but it is me, and um, that there are tools, and they do not work immediately. But, um, yeah, the knowledge helps me, you know, to, mm -hmm. to be able to, to stand back and say, oh, um, the fear is all uh, getting you again, but you don't have to go down the old road, what for me was uh, depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, since I'm in the program again, I could... Uh, smoothen it and it still needs some time for me to get out and work around the situation but I'm getting better in it and that I'm very grateful for even so that it's a moment uh, yeah sometimes I can't believe <laughs> that I can do it um, but I know it and this knowledge helps mm -hmm. which um, would bring me to the question you asked or were sending out about um, step 11 which is uh, very, very important for me in this situation, which means improve uh, the contact with my higher power. Mm -hmm. 
Um, another thing which is important happened to me that I have a new service commitment. And uh, it's an area-wide commitment. And uh, I, I thought about it a long time because I want to be sure how things are going on work. I'm not again, you know, but I had the feeling that I, I can do it now. And uh, then I got a little bit insecure about it after some very <laughs> long, long timers are, uh, you know, saying some things which I said uh, or had the feelings they were towards me, but I may be wrong. I don't know. And um, but I I love this program and I need it so. And this is my uh, motivation to participate and contribute to it and mm -hmm. in the best way I can. And I did uh, on this um, working meeting uh, where um, uh, I applied for, for the service, I did a spiritual lead about live and let live which I think would also be a nice topic <laughs> for a podcast because at the moment I, I love the slogan. Mm -hmm. It um, last year was uh, a lot about step six, uh, letting go of my character defects, and this year is a lot about uh, stepping into my life and mm -hmm. having the courage to uh, to do things and risking failure. Doing a podcast with you, yeah. some of those things. Mm -hmm. Doing a new service and. Uh, putting myself out and, and feeling the wind in my face, I would say, mm. which could be nice, you know, could mm -hmm. be refreshing and uh, giving you the feeling of, uh, of life. Sure and could. yeah. And then for me, uh, as I said, step 11, um, I was, uh, uh, I used, um, I I'm using a meditation app. Uh, we are a lot of different meditations. It is also a fear meditation um, or a meditation about fear. So mm. how can I handle it? And uh, I was um, seeking or looking for a community where I can live my spirituality more. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the meetings and you have the serenity prayer and so on. But and I, I having some spiritual practice every day. But it is totally different if you have uh, spiritual practice with other people, with the community, which is very important, I think. And so I was looking for a while for this community. And I think uh, since some week, I'm joining a community. Uh, and I think it is the right place for me. And that uh, feels very good and uh, gives me gives me some hope and also some more things to do. And the motto of the spiritual community is uh, meeting God, serving people. And I think it is mm -hmm. very program-like, you know. And yeah, and I was there at a at a meeting and at a service today, and uh, yeah, and I think that was it for my week. How was your week in recovery, Spencer? Right. Well, um, you know, I talked about part of the week in the uh, in the previous episode because I didn't get it recorded until later in the week. But uh, um, and but talking about spiritual community, you know, that's where I was uh, 
uh, I was I was being an active part of my spiritual community last weekend, which is what uh, pushed the podcast later into the week. And I talked about it a lot, so I probably don't need to talk about that a whole lot more right now. Um, went to, finally made it to my Wednesday night meeting. I think it's been almost four weeks since I made it to that meeting, which I consider my home group. So, hmm, uh, because of being sick, being out of town, being... Uh, having work events, uh, I hadn't made it for a while, and it was really good to be back there. Um, and the topic was uh, step eleven, uh, and and it just it sort of came at the um, maybe culmination of the several weeks of being prompted to uh, maybe renew and and deepen uh, my spiritual practice. And, and, you know, and I thought about sort of a progression of events. So, um, there was, um, a feedback, uh, to, I think it was the podcast episode about unmanageability where a friend wrote in and said, in effect, I thought I was too busy to put me time and Al-Anon in my life, but in reality, I think my life was so busy because I wasn't, it felt so busy because I wasn't putting those things in my life. So that was, that was one thing. And then um, my wife had her surgery, which uh, is, you know, challenged me to uh, understand that I'm not, I'm not in charge of other people and what seems right for me or what is not necessarily what's right for them. And what's right for them is not necessarily what seems right for me. Uh, and that actually prompted the, uh, the not God episode a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then I went to uh, went to this uh, spirituality workshop over the weekend, uh, and then Sunday night meeting topic uh, was pretty much about step eleven, about uh, you know contact with God and, and prayer. And then uh, I had Wednesday night meeting, uh, and I, oh, and then I recorded the spirituality spiritual practice episode of the podcast, and then the Wednesday night meeting about step eleven, and it all kind of built up. Uh, you know, and obviously, uh, my higher power is trying to give me some give me some signs here about, hey, kid, um, <laughs> you know, life has been really stressful for you, and maybe it would be a little less stressful if you took a little more time to uh, uh, do some of these things that that help help me get back in contact with my higher power and back in contact with myself as as a being rather than as a doing. So, um, it just it was really interesting the way these events sort of came along and and built in intensity and built in frequency uh, up to up to Wednesday night and I was like okay uh, you know this is I got to I got to be doing something here because um, this is a pretty clear message um, and have I actually done something maybe a little bit so progress. Uh, the meeting, I uh, went to a meeting yesterday morning. Uh, topic was step 10. And um, one of the people at the meeting talked about, um, we were talking about inventory. Uh, you know, it's the one about taking, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, probably admitted it. And and usually when I'm sharing about step 10, I, I end up sharing about the, the when I'm wrong, promptly admitted it part, and the power that has had in my life of 
not having to carry uh, guilt around uh, because if I do something wrong and I promptly admit it, then I don't have to feel guilty about doing this thing that uh, maybe other people who were affected by it, they don't know about it and I feel guilty because I'm hiding it from them and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, But somebody else at the table talked about um, identifying characters, characteristics, character traits um, by seeing what annoys her about things other people do. Because very often uh, when I'm annoyed about something somebody else does, it's because I see that in myself and I don't like it in myself. You spot it, you got it, right? Yeah, you spot <laughs> it, you got it. Exactly. And and she talked, and this is this is where it got me, okay, because she talked specifically about micromanaging. Um, and I don't remember the exact context in which she was discussing it, but I realized that this is something that I do. I know this is something that I do, but I suddenly saw that behavior in me in some specific work situations over the last couple of weeks. And that was a little bit of a wake up. And so now I'm aware of it. Um, and I have to, you know, I have to spend some time with it, maybe some meditation time, uh, some prayer and some meditation to think about when is this, because some of what I've been doing could be considered to be part of my job. Um, it's part of my job to um, put out some standards for the way in which people do their work and to make sure that those standards are adhered to. But am I going past what the job requires into sort of my personal need to be in control? That's what I have to sit with for a little while. But it it took her saying that to illuminate in me that I've been doing this behavior recently and that I should stop and take a look at it. And maybe I will conclude that, no, I'm really within the, within the outline of, of what my job is. And maybe, and more likely I will conclude that there are places that I've stepped over it. And then I can think about, you know, counting to 10 before I open my mouth kind of thing, uh, you know, to ask myself when I'm tempted to do that, that question, like, is this important is it important now? How important is it? One of our slogans, how important is it? Mm. Um, and if it's if it's not something that's important and it's not something that's in my job, then maybe I can remember to keep my mouth shut. Maybe my higher power will help me to do that. So practicing those principles in all my affairs um, and uh, got a wake-up call from, from a meeting uh, on Saturday about something I need to look at. So, yeah, and... Uh, Not much else going on right now, I think. So upcoming topics uh, include, uh, here's a new one, isolation. We had a suggestion from um, a listener, which you'll hear a little later when we read emails. And I thought, oh yeah, that's a great topic because I sure as heck have done that in the past and I still have a tendency to do it. So uh, probably talk about that sometime pretty soon. Um, And uh, I have reached out to one of the people who offered to be a co-host about the, see if, if they'd like to uh, participate in an episode about the caretaking, is it caretaking or is it healthy support question? I haven't heard back yet. So that's, uh, I'm trying to get that topic because I've been talking about it for a while now, a couple months, mm-hmm. trying to actually get it on the schedule. 
so uh, those are the ones that I'm thinking about right now. I um, also had uh, somebody who, who uh, reminded me that I had uh, talked quite a while ago about um, an episode of Parents with Small Children in Alcoholic Family and how how they are using the program to to help them navigate that uh, that family situation. And, um, you know, I talked to some people about being on the show and have not followed up. And so um, uh, I will I will follow up and, and maybe we can get that scheduled also in the next month or so. Anyway, so we have some upcoming topics. We welcome your thoughts. You can join this conversation. Please leave a voicemail or send us an email with your experience or questions about um, today's topic or our upcoming topics. Uh, and Ruth, how can people send us feedback? You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at com. I'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your question about the topic of Tradition 11, or our upcoming topics. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. Spencer, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? Well, our website, which is therecoveryshow.com, has uh, all the information about the show. It ha- we have notes for each episode, um, an occasional blog, and links to the music that uh, we're talking about in the episodes, and links to some other recovery podcasts and websites. Uh, and uh, you can you can leave comments there. Uh, you can look at our suggested topic list, and if you don't see a topic there uh, that you'd like covered. And, and another thing is you can look there and say, hey, have they talked about this topic? Um, you, can, you can search for it uh, in the page uh, and see if we've already talked about it because there will be um, an episode link right next to the topic name and you can click on that and, and find that episode. Uh, and if you don't see a topic that uh, you want to hear about, well, um, let us know. Use that uh, voicemail or use the feedback at therecoveryshow.com email and, uh, and, and ask for it. And uh, as, I've, uh, as, as we're doing today, you can also join the conversation uh, using your phone or your computer and uh, be really part of the conversation literally. Email feedback at therecoveryshow.com if you're interested. Okay, uh, we're going to take a short break before Looking into the mailbag and the second musical selection, which is available on the website at therecoveryshow.com slash 95, yes, 95, is the Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles. Um, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to find a Beatles rendition of it on YouTube. Um, uh, I might, uh, if not, I'll, I'll pick up a, a cover. Uh, there's a bunch of covers out there, so... Um, We'll get one. And what I what I liked here was that uh, I could very easily see promotion of Al-Anon as this wonderful thing, this wonderful way of life, which we sometimes say. Um, 
this wonderful way of life that's going to solve all our problems, which we know it's not. But it could sound like these lyrics, roll up, we've got everything you need. Roll up for the mystery tour. Roll up, satisfaction guaranteed. Roll up for the mystery tour. The magical mystery tour is hoping to take you away. Hoping to take you away. And and I just feel like for somebody who doesn't understand what the program is, and if we were out there really pushing it, they could they could hear it as this magical mystery tour who knows what's going to happen and it's going to solve everything uh, which is just totally setting us up for disappointment so hope you go listen to it i love it it's it's just such a fun song all right we got a couple of emails uh this week in the the short week between the time i recorded the last episode which had a bunch of emails in it and this one Got an email from Barbara. Says, Spencer, I can't tell you how much your podcasts are helping me cope with the realization that my husband has a problem. I have two small children, ages three and five, and although my husband and I had a beautiful relationship in the beginning, it has been a roller coaster for the last few years. I am 44 and just returned to Al-Anon after being away for 20 years. At 17, my mother got sober and I found home in an ACOA meeting. I got a wonderful sponsor, worked the steps a few times through, soaking up as much as I could and changed my life for the better. After college, I drifted away from the program but continued to live the principles, enjoying healthy relationships with those around me, a great career, and a happy life. Sadly, this past summer, I realized that the emotional ups and downs of my marriage were most likely related to my husband's struggle to manage his alcohol intake, a struggle he is losing. This realization was like a hit to my gut, a nightmare I wrecked my brain to find a way to struggle to wake up from. I ran back to Al-Anon. As a stay-at-home mom, I am not able to get to many meetings, and the one I get to during the week is small with limited experiences around the table. Still, I listen and learn, support and lean. Slowly, it is all coming back. I'm doing my best and looking for a sponsor, but the recovery show has been a lifeline for me. I'm so grateful. This time around, my second time back in Al-Anon, things are far more intense and difficult. I have two small children. My marriage feels hollow most of the time. Lots of pain and an unknown future. I'm looking forward to hearing the upcoming podcast about small children in an active home. It is my main struggle. My husband is pretty high-functioning. The drinking is in the form of binging a few nights a week after kids in bed and then sneaking shots here and there on the other days just to get by. He goes to work, takes care of the house, is very involved with the kids. Sometimes I wish he were a more stereotypical drunk, staying out until after the kids are in bed, or, like my father, coming home and plunking himself down in front of the TV with a beer. I think it would be easier for me to manage. You see, the drinking itself is easy for me. I can detach. I get it. The three C's and all. The problem is with his parenting and his behavior with me. My husband has become very moody. Good days are great, but bad days are rough. I struggle to find the balance of detaching while knowing when to step in to support my children. Unkind words, manipulation, and childish reactions are his M.O. with the kids when he is in a bad mood or stressed. Our relationship is deteriorating with each cycle of hurt, and he lives in denial. Even on the good days, I know it is a matter of time, so my walls are up. We've been to counseling a few times in the last year, and it always helps tremendously, but he ends up saying we can't afford it and we take a break. I'm tired of fighting to get him to go willingly so the distance grows between us. So I live one day at a time. I ask how important is it when it comes to the kids. I intervene whenever needed on behalf of the kids and suffer his wrath 
mean words, blame, and those crazy criticisms that I know don't even warrant a response. There are days I have compassion for him. There are a lot of days when I feel mostly resentment and anger. I'm trusting the process and having faith that I will know what to do when the time is right. It is a daily struggle and my heart is broken, but still I have peace and happiness despite it all. I don't know what tomorrow brings, so I try not to worry. Things could get better or a lot worse at any moment, so I stay grounded. So my thank you is a big one. The Recovery Show episodes are my meetings at home. You and the guests come into my home and heal the parts of me that are hurting. As an atheist this time around, I am curiously listening to talk about your experience with a higher power. I don't have my answer yet, but I am on the path. I could ramble forever. Thank you for reading. Thank you for being there. One day, maybe I can join you via telephone and contribute to one of the podcasts. For now, I am listening and soaking it all in. What a wonderful gift I have found in my return home to Al-Anon. The recovery show is amazing. Thank you doesn't begin to convey my gratitude. Barbara. And I think I I just want to say thank you, Barbara, uh, for illustrating how you are using the program for sharing your experience, but you know, using the tools of this program to um, keep your life going, to keep um, some some serenity and some happiness in your life, even um, when things are really rough. And uh, but also, uh, you know, you seem to have a very realistic view about. Um, where you might be ending up, even though maybe that's not a place you want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to say, I identified with a lot of the feelings you expressed there. So thanks, Ruth. Yeah, me too. Mm. Thank you, Barbara, for for writing in, and um, there's some things which uh, really resonate with me, and uh, one especially is this uh, non-typical alcoholic, and. Uh, I didn't notice in, in my partnership uh, that my loved one was drinking. And uh, so I, I was wondering about all the crazy and, and I couldn't explain or I couldn't see it myself. So how explain? And um, yeah, and for, and for me, it is still a relief that uh, to, to share this uh, feeling with, with somebody else or, or see uh, that uh, somebody else is experiencing uh, that and also you know I had a long break from Al-Anon and um, uh, yeah coming back <laughs> and happy that uh, Al-Anon uh, took me in again and uh, yeah and I today I know I needed to to think straight and uh, not to get uh, into a lot of stories and uh, losing myself again so even though I'm I'm feeling good in in regard to relation, I know that I need um, Alanon meetings. Like uh, I need to go regularly to to the gym to to keep my muscles up. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ruth, would you like to read the letter from Harriet? Ah uh, yes, it says, "Hello, Spencer." I hope you are doing well and are recovering from what has sounded like of disruption to an already stressful time. My topic idea is isolation. I'm sure it has been mentioned many times, but I think it's a big enough to warrant its own show. The reason I have not offered to help on a podcast is because I believe that being relatively new in recovery, that I couldn't possibly have much to offer. This may be true, but I'm offering anyway 
as I have much to say about isolation. I thought the trigger show was great, as have so once since. I admire your willingness to keep on keeping on with the show. As painstaking as the effort must be at times to keep up with the podcast, I wanted you to know that I always leave a finished one feeling lighter than when I started. Thank you so much for your service. Take care, Harriet. And I think um, this was my uh, motive at the beginning when I offered to um, uh, to participate as co-host. It was encouraging you, Spencer, and uh, to to keep on going with the show and offer my support. And uh, Harriet, I think uh, you have a lot to say. I can can read it in your email, and it's uh, for me really interesting. And I think, yeah, we say you have to have it to to give it away. But I think as soon as we start in Alanon, we have something which we can share. And it is so important to to hear the experience of other people, not to be alone. And I would be uh, very interested to hear about your experience about isolation and um, hope that I will hear you soon. So, yeah. thank you. Yeah, and th and thanks, Harriet, for the offer. And I've actually already emailed back to her saying, yes, let's do this. Uh, because isolation was definitely a big part of what I did uh, in response to the drinking uh, before I found the Al-Anon program. Um, I was very isolated. So uh, I'll save uh, more discussion of that uh, for the uh, for the topic episode, but uh, thanks for the idea and thanks for the offer. Very definitely. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Rick and Harriet did. And thank you again, Rick and Harriet, for your thank support. You. Uh, and we have a couple of ways that you can support us uh, indirectly by you know, buying things. And then we get uh, a little bit of a commission uh, from Amazon. If you, uh, uh, We have a donate by shopping link on the website that uh, you click on that and then you buy stuff from Amazon and we get a percentage. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. They uh, basically are paying us to advertise them. It's pretty cool. Uh, helps to keep us going. Uh, and uh, we also have a page uh, with some recovery-related books on it. Uh, that you can buy from Amazon or from uh, Al-Anon directly. Uh, and if you buy those from Amazon, we also get a commission. And finally, uh, when I put up uh, YouTube videos of the music that I talk about, that we talk about, uh, I also put links to Amazon or to iTunes store where you can uh, download that music if, if you decide you like it. And uh, we will get a little bit of a commission for that, too. Again, ways in which you can support us by doing something that you would have done anyway. Don't go doing it just to help us. But if you're going to do it anyway, uh, you can you can give us some support. All right, that's enough. Thank you uh, for your support in whatever form you give it, uh, even if it's just listening or telling your friends. Uh, we are here for you. The last song that I want to talk about is... Uh, 
titled False Advertising. It's by Bright Eyes. And again, you can listen to it on the website. And I see this uh, this song talks about being sort of a puppet on a string, about um, putting out an image which is being maybe directed and manipulated by somebody else. Uh, It's a little, you know, the lyrics are not really straightforward, which is cool because then you can read more into it. You can read your own message into it. Uh, But then um, it comes into this sort of hopeful verse uh, near the end that reminds me of of our fellowship in Al-Anon. Something true I have lacked and spent my whole life trying to make up for, but I found it in a song and in the people I love. They will lift me out of darkness. Now my door stands open. I'm inviting everyone in. Now we're going to laugh. We're going to drink until the morning comes. That is what we are going to do. And that, you know, it sounds like the fellowship. We open our door and we invite everyone in and you can choose to come in or not. Um, and we do laugh. Uh, we don't drink the whole night through. Uh, we're Many of us trying to get away from that. Uh, but I think we drink spiritually in, in the sense that he means in the song of enjoying companionship together. Um, and, uh, and so I like the song a lot. Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. Mm-hmm.